Ready? Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 29-7, and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm coming in hot. Yeah, I, yeah, I cut that part out, but hey, I, I popped the microphone a little too loud. Um, every week, we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic, we pick some music, and we talk about it. We get into it, we listen to the music. Um, but this summer, we're nearing the end of the summer of the summer of 16-bit I'm actually surprisingly sad about that. Though, the one benefit is that I'll be able to open up the floodgates of options again. Yeah, I know. It's surprisingly tough. We've been doing only 16-bit console uh, game music for the past few months. How does Legacy Music Hour do it? Well, they're 8-bit and 16-bit, third and fourth generation. I guess that does help expand the roster. Yeah, so everything from, you think, like the Game Gear, the Master System... They don't do um, computer cons. They don't do computer systems. I guess they also do. They do themed stuff, or they just pick tracks. They used to do themed stuff. So yeah, um, I'm a fan of the Legacy Music Hour, and if you want to check them out, go to legacymusichour.com. The grandfathers of the VGM podcast. Um, they still go. They used to run monthly now, and they do mainly like a freebie, like a free pick every um, every month. Yeah, get them every once on. in a while they'll do a beyond 16-bit episode where they'll play stuff from like the n64 and, and things like that <laughs> it's like we're going way out <laughs> and, then, and then they'll have a um a, usually a two to three hour like uh, end of the year wrap up where they pick like their top tracks i think top 10 a piece well that's pretty cool yeah but they get they get way more into the music than the games because most of what they play now or a lot of what they play now not most, but a lot of what they play now is Jap- japanese only That'd be all the more reason for them to talk about on the show. Yeah, I most people will never get to experience it. I know, but I mean, like, also they're, they're searching for music, not for games. Well, that's true. Yeah, so Brent does play a lot of the games, and he talks about it. He does a lot of um, playthroughs on their Patreon, so and that's worth checking out. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, recently they made a ruling, and the, I'm going to talk. I'm going to I'm going to spill some tea. <laughs> uh oh, I'm not happy with it. They, they, they've been playing um, 8-bit and 16-bit music. From modern games like 2013, 2020, See, like I'm demo good for stuff. That. Yeah, but they're not going to do it. They just, oh, they uh, stop. They, they're going to stop doing that. I feel like there's no reason not to. Also, as long, also as, as long as the track doesn't take like wacky shortcuts that they couldn't have taken before. Yeah, but the idea is that I I, I think what they're what they want to do is they want to highlight the best of those that generation of music, and okay. because the generations composed music differently than they do today. I guess that's where the word legacy comes in. I think so too. I, I think that's fair. My big beef is that they still don't have they're still not picking tracks from the Game Boy Color because the Game Boy Color came out past the fourth generation even though it's 8-bit hardware. No. So, and honestly the Game Boy Color, then again somebody that's more technical with this can answer but they didn't really upgrade a great deal from the Game Boy, did No, it? they didn't. I mean, it's a, a, a slightly faster processor as far as I know, but the sound the sound hardware is exactly the same. And the carts, I think, have a little bit more going on in them. But otherwise, it's the same. But I, I do think that the music composed on that system, because it was a, such a late, like, late in the life cycle of the thing, mm-hmm. is, is amazing. Some of the best. Because a lot of times, games would get released that played on both systems. It was just a matter of, like, if you put it in a Game Boy mm-hmm. Color... It, I guess the system could handle like extra details they put in there specifically related to color, and right. in some, I think in some aspects even just like additional game content. Right. So, in that regard, if that doesn't send you the sense of the idea that they are pretty much the same sound, what else will? Yeah, I mean it's a lot, a lot of the same hardware in there. But anyway, that's talked a lot about the legacy music. <laughs> 
this year, uh, this year. He's, there, I'm your, he's like, I'm your biggest fan. Like, I'm your guy. biggest fan. Brent Weinbach, Rob F. Switch. We gotta have them back on the show. That was that was so hard to like wrangle that together, but it, it was, was fun. When it, it I think it'd be a good time. Um, so this week we're looking at anime, but not yeah. just any or manga, anime, but mostly pretty much anime. Yeah. yeah oh, I mean, kidding. like anime is so much anime is like based off of manga, right? Yeah. I get yeah. weird about it when I'm like, I looked at my track list and I'm like, <laughs> but yeah, I think it all gets covered under anime anyway, so I'm safe. Yeah, me too. Um. But uh, yeah, but this isn't just any anime. This is anime from this time period. Summer of 16-bit anime. Yeah, so this is like 90s anime, which Thanks, is really exciting. Cur- Thank you, Curly Kevin, for that extra level of challenge there. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, a, he suggested this track to or this topic to us, which is appreciated because every once in a while, I guess challenging to come up with topics, especially where I'm like, I'm, I'm adamant about like, don't repeat, don't repeat, though. I can almost foresee a period come where it's like, Winter of repetition. <laughs> the winter of repetition. The summer of my discontent. <laughs> um, I got to ask, though. Are, are you going to have any racy PC Engine music coming on or games coming on? Well, I have PC Engine games, but nothing really racy. Oh, okay, yeah. Surprisingly, Yeah, actually. me too. Me too. I, I was thinking about, like, because a lot of that stuff has some pretty funky music going on, but um, I didn't didn't feel like doing that. <laughs> also, I feel like the bigger issue for me in that would have been even just knowing what titles would have been racy, but also manga slash or also anime and also have games like that combination is the mm-hmm. challenge. It's yeah. one thing if we were just like, hey, just go grab a bunch of racy anime. Like, there's a whole freaking database list out there for that. But nah. So fortunately, that wasn't something I even had to look for because I didn't know it existed. Yeah, I don't think I mine just either. Most of mine are like like kind of kid kitty type stuff, which is good. Which is good. Um, so I'm happy about that. You've been playing Shining Force. Yeah. Tell me about that. I've seen you you posted it on Facebook, and it's it's really fun to see like how far you've been going. It's largely through. part why I'm so sleepy right now because <laughs> I'm determined to finish it because I got challenged to do so. When, oh, Listener Musa, Musashi two one nine. So I guess he goes by both names on the show. Yeah, wise guy. Chris Wisner, the wise guy. Wise guy. Yeah, he messaged. Apparently, I guess last episode we did. I commented that Shining Force 1 was challenging for me. I believe the reason why I said that, though, was a combination of general game apathy, plus the sense that Shining Force 2 is just that much better of a game, mm. and I was feeling that vibe from the very onset of the game. So he came into the Rhythm and Pixels um, chat on Discord and said, based on what you just said, I'm issue a challenge. You can beat the game before the end of the summer, I'll give you 20 bucks. Okay, so that's that sounds right. That's the deadline. I thought it was like he had to. It was like a race, but no, it's just. Oh, he would beat me in a race. He's played that game backwards and forwards many times. <laughs> he'll send it's you doubly funny. He'll send you twenty bucks. You gotta pay shipping. No, that would be a trip. Funny enough, like he put it in a massive box, weighted down. It's thirty dollars shipping. <laughs> he's he's fairly local though, right? No, he's no, he's a he's a um central time zone. So oh, okay, but like it's funny because uh, I own, I've played through Shining Force Two in the one release part of Shining Force 3 that the States got, but never played Shining Force 1. However, Shining Force 1 is the only one whose physical cart I actually own. <laughs> it's like it goes right along with the norms for me. It's like, like which oh, one do you own? The first game. Which one have you not played? The, the first, first one. game. <laughs> That's just, Though, oh. it's funny because... Well, the second one you played on Sega Channel, right? Yeah, I yeah. only played on Sega Channel, and then I bought the third. That's that, And that was your first taste of playing online content that was taken away. 
pretty much, <laughs> except for the fact that I could still go and buy the content at the store on a cart if I still wanted to. You were just ahead of the curve for now. I was ready. Yeah. I'm always, I, I always try to stay ahead of the curve. But it's funny. So the I started playing it, Shining Force 1. He issued the challenge. That the episode came out that Wednesday, so he must have issued the challenge that Wednesday because he listened to the episode the day of release. And I didn't start playing it until maybe Friday night. And then I just became like obsessed with it. Mm. Like I'm near the end. I'm pretty sure by the end of the next episode, I'm going to be twenty dollars richer. Um, nice. Just putting that out there because I don't mess around. At first, I was having a, um, analysis paralysis. Like, which character should I use? Which one should I? Twenty not? bucks on the line, man. You just got you got to pick them and go. Right. I think about it, I was like some. I'm sure there's like some you know loaded folks listening. That are like twenty dollars ain't nothing. What do you care about that for? And my answer is, I'm broke. What twenty dollars? And also, that's not twenty bucks. That's a trophy. It is a trophy. Yeah. It's, it's saying I did it. And it is a game I've always wanted to play. It's been on the... I should have played this ages ago for a while now. But now I got the reason to. And it's been helpful to be playing it on um, on the Sega Genesis Ultimate Collection for the Switch. Oh, okay. Because it has a fast-forward button. So it makes oh, it... Which, so by the helpful. way, hacks! Hacks! Um, but like, what the hell has me to do is like, if I'm like watching like animations I've seen a hundred times already, yeah. Like mainly enemy attacks or the enemies moving enemies across the. Because I don't care oh, where like, they move from. Yeah, too. when I just the, see them get there. Yeah, when the enemy movement is happening, it takes a very long time, and I don't feel like watching it, yeah. so I'll just hit fast forward, and it's perfect. So it's I, like done. I, I didn't even think about like how how helpful that would be. That's why I was able to finish Cold Steel 1, which is sad because Chris Murray, which, by the way, listeners, a VGM journey had Chris Murray on the show recently, and they talked about um, Trails of Cold Steel. How much am I a fan of the Cold Steel games and also my friends who talked about the game? <laughs> I actually listened to it the moment it came out. Like, it popped up on the on VGM Podcast fans. I saw it as I was getting into my car. I was like, I know what I'm listening to. Nice. <laughs> and put it right on. This is the whole thing immediately. So, but like the fact that I still only beat the first game where he beat all of them is something. But I was only able to beat that first game because it had a fast forward version button on the PS4 release. But on the Vita version, which I originally had, it does not, mm. which made certain areas painful. <laughs> so, but having that fast forward in this game has made things a lot yeah. more viable. See, I stayed up to like three in the morning and right. four in the morning playing it. Shining Force in the Genesis is like they were still figuring out the, the 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 language of the RPG, right? How to do these things, how much time it's going to take, or like, oh, this is a sequence of events, but then that sequence of events is repeated a billion times throughout the game and it ends up taking forever. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse to do that in the past 10 to 20 years in a video game. Now you're just now you're just taking our time. I feel like it's being it's being um, um, you're just taking. What's the word? They're being inconsiderate to the player. Well, the funny thing is, even back then. And I'm saying this despite the fact that I've been hanging fast forward. This is kind of dumb. I realize this now that they do have an option in the game, not as in as in not the re-release. The mm. actual game has a feature to speed up character motions and stuff. Oh. I have to, may have to double check to make sure I'm not misremembering. Okay, so like, maybe, maybe maybe my my attack is not warranted. No, it's warranted for some games, but not all. It's basically a game by game basis because there are definitely some games where they just kind of like kick the can down the road. They extend the play length. Rob is attacking for damage. That's nah, such a weak plank attack. <laughs> but like, yeah, I know, but, I, I have nothing behind it. But it's going to be awesome. Like, I, mean, I decided the thing that got me through the analysis paralysis of choosing party members mm-hmm. and min maxing and whatever. Though I did still kind of fall into the min max trap at one point. Was to say. 
if a character doesn't pull their weight the moment I get them. Out of the team. Like I don't even want to I don't want to trust them to build up and become better. I don't care if they're slow burners. <laughs> get out. I don't want you. And uh in addition to that, you're cut. Uh, you're cut from the team. And towards the back half of the game, <laughs> I had an established roster of guys and I started yeah. getting like, you know, late game characters and like people are like you should use them. This character's really good. I'm like, I don't care. I've been playing with these same 13 people for the last like 4 hours. Right. I don't need a new guy taking one of their slots. They worked hard to be here. Yeah, you just crew. showed up at the end of the game asking how you won. They leveled, <laughs> they leveled up. You just crawling in here being like, guys, I'm going to celebrate with you. I'm like, no, you were not. No, you're not. You weren't here. It's like Casey at the bat. Like, everybody's been playing this hard-fought baseball game, and they're losing and losing, and Casey shows us, like, time to win it all for you guys. Like, screw you. I'd rather have the guy that's been bench warming come up and do some work. Get out, man. And if I remember correctly, the real Casey at the bat, he actually screwed up the game anyway. Tiny Toon Adventures ruined that for me because in Tiny Toon Adventures, they replaced Casey with Buster, and mm. Buster hit a home run when he was supposed to struck out. But that's another story. That's me doing that tangent thing I do so well. So, um, kids, listen to Casey at the Bat. <laughs> you find this on your local podcast network. Um, let, let's get into some tunes. Okie dokie. I think we've, um, so when you, when you do win the $20, do you think you're going to hang it up on your wall? Oh like, no! I'm gonna spend it. I like, might photocopy uh, the twenty. Like, like how some restaurants have like the like the first dollar they've earned. Nah, I just, like, I'll, next time I see Chris, I'll just look at him and go, "Remember that time I beat you and got a twenty dollar bill?" Though I will say this, though I gotta say this. <laughs> as much as I like the jokey trash talky aspects of it, I truly wholeheartedly appreciate that he did it yeah. because I can totally get the vibe. I mean, I'm sure if he intended for this or not, but it's been rough, like just in general. And it was like, hey. Here's this challenge, and I'm gonna put some steaks on the table. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I like steaks. I like being pressed into something that I already kind of want to do, but now someone's egging me on to do it, and they're saying I can't. This is like this is like money matches for like classic RPG fans. It's like, yeah. And honestly, if uh, I weren't so averse to losing money, I'd be all about money matches in certain games, like Magical Drop. I'd put 500 bucks on the table. Boom, let's go. Ooh. But then the moment if I ever lost a match, I gotta start I'd practicing. probably jump off a bridge because I couldn't handle losing if, it. If I can't play DDR anymore in my old age, if that ever happens, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna grind on magical drop until you can never defeat me. But that's not gonna happen. <laughs> you say that now. You saw what happened the other day. I was we were playing Battle in Wonderworld at a friend's house. He posted <laughs> a picture of it and he he made up a wacky far fetched story for the last. So of course he chose I beat Purnell at Magical Drop Three because no one ever does it. I saw that. I'm like, dude, no, no one does it. He's clowning. <laughs> He's clowning. No one beats Purnell at Magical Drop. No one's Drop popping three. off on that. All right. Um. So what you what you do with that thing you do over there? What game? What what's the anime? What's what's the what's the track? Well, the first one I'm gonna start with was one I didn't even realize until this episode. Um, this is from the game Mystic Defender on the Sega Genesis, and the track title is Round 4, and it was composed by Chikako Kamatani.
Welcome back. You're listening to Round 4 from the game Mystic Defender, released on the Sega Genesis, composed by Chikako Kamatani. So, Mystic Defender was a game that, if I'm not mistaken, from my memories it certainly was, it was one of the launch games, or near launch games, on the Sega Genesis in America. Not sure about the timeline in Japan. Hmm. Uh, On the surface, Mystic Defender is just a 2D platformer where you're playing as pretty much like a Shinto monk type wizardry guy and you're fighting demons and ghouls and ghosts using you know magic like the one skill that I remember from the game cause keep in mind listeners I haven't played this game since I was maybe 10 years old yeah. but I remember you had like this like fireball that extended out like a whip and you could guide it upwards and downwards oh cool um, it was an interesting game but apparently Mystic Defender was actually a repurposed game in the States because we didn't have... Well, we kind of did, though. It might, I think it came later. But it was based on an actual anime slash manga called Peacock King. And Peacock. Peacock King. Interesting. <laughs> and in America, when it finally had its due, it was called Spirit Warrior. Okay. The premise of the show was basically about a guy who was like a Buddhist monk who worked with an organization to stop these like evil clans from resurrecting their various their their various dark gods to make them fight to cause the resurrection of a real dark god. It was a very <laughs> odd thing. Like a bigger batter the bigger batter dark god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I I kind of want to watch it now because I didn't know this again until I started researching for this episode because I know of the staple games, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to pick is a track from Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball <laughs> Ultimate Battle 22. Well, I, yeah, no, I didn't want to do that either. I, re- I remember really early when the Sega Genesis first came out, seeing one of my friends play Last Battle and thinking like, originally thinking that was maybe been a launch title or one of the earlier launch titles, but that, that Last Battle was based off of Fist of the North Star. Huh. So it was actually a Fist of the North Star game. I only remember it really well because like the, the sound effects were so bad that when you punched a guy, it was like... <laughs> like you're punching butter. Yeah, it was like a really bad farty sound. Um, but it was really cool. It had a cool anime style to it. So I knew it was something, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's fun about some of these games, especially the ones that got that got over overseas to America, North America. Mm-hmm. Because suddenly, you know, we were just learning about like anime and Japanese animation. Like We knew some things, but they were slowly starting to get more traction in North America. We got to see like lots of this type of artwork and stuff in games and the funny part is like now we're inundated with the stuff but yeah now back, it's everywhere now it's a whole culture but back yeah. then I, I sometimes wonder like what what was the better time like on one hand right now we have the option of freedom of choice we have the option to choose mm-hmm. from a sea of great tr- shows but they're also buried in a larger sea of mediocrity to lack of interest I don't, yeah I know but like I think I think now is probably the better time because now if something cool comes out in Japan, like we're not waiting forever to see it. That is true. There's, like, there's we... like all these companies, there's all this money. Like Sony bought Crunchyroll for some ungodly amount of money. Like there's so much behind it now that we're gonna see it. I know? guess my only real re- reason concern for cool. it is not so much the hipster jive of oh man, back when I was a kid. I liked it before the, it was cool. Before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My actual issue is just it's not so much about having it's it's having a ton. And knowing that in order to find the good stuff, you generally have to find a source of information that will tell you, like, yo, this is what yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah, no. For me, it's, uh, I feel like you got to know a guy. Like, yeah, you, you gotta, literally do, because you don't want to have that thing where it's like, 
yo, you gotta let, let go of that show, you know, so my grandpa went back in time and saved the carrot with a stick. Like, don't watch that show. Yeah. You want to watch the show, this guy went back in time and saved the world using his mathematic skills. Right. Like, which is probably an actual show. That I would not be surprised. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's a, there's a, it's like going to a comic book shop. Or it used to be go- like going to record stores where you can walk in, tell them that you like a certain type of thing, and they'll say, oh, well, you might also like this, and you like this, and like this. Like someone knows. They're at the comic book shop down the road. We were, I've, been, I've been there like maybe twice in the past month, which is more than a while. And um, the owner there, Sarah, she's like, she like, first of all, she's super friendly. She's like, hey, and she and she runs out, and she's like, all this stuff came in. I know you're gonna like it. And I'm like, I don't know anything about comic books. I don't even know. So you're reading comics now? No, uh, some off and on. Off Ooh, and on. What are you well, reading? Um, what was I reading last? I was reading Cloak, no, um, Lock and Key. Maybe oh, that was the last thing I was reading. Was Lock and Key. Oh man, I thought you was reading. My grandfather went back in time and saved the world with his <laughs> Morton pestle. <laughs> Billy and the Clonosaurus <laughs> is the one I was reading. No, I, actually, I would read that. Actually, I was getting I was getting gifts for uh, for for uh, Sharon's birthday, but. Um, and you joke? You think I'm joking? There's so many shows where, like, I've realized yeah. that now. Where they're they're like these stupidly long titles that just state a statement. Yes, and might not have anything to do with the show. But I this, went to the grocery store and accidentally brought home a genie. <laughs> but no, we're, what we're talking about here is a simpler time, right? This is a simpler time where anime was just about you know a guy or a gal, and maybe they're an assassin. And they're just killing people because they're angry, and then they're, it's oh, there's a there's, don't forget is is random, unexpected, and oddly understandable, not even understandable, terrible <laughs> friends slash potential love interest yep. that like the yep. person for reasons that are completely inexplicable. But you know what? Let's run it for 100 episodes. Um, so on that note, we're gonna listen to um, a game on the Super Famicom that is based on the anime Iria or Hyper Iria. Do you remember this one? No. Uh, you might recognize it when I show you the box art. Um, this is the the track is called the Battle of Cooter Run. It's a great name, and it is <laughs> composed by Kiyotaka Sato, Shintaro Hirakawa, and Nobuhiro Makino. I tried to keep a straight face. I, I that was your fault. That was me. I can make a I can make a grown man laugh for now. <laughs> Do it. Listening to the Battle of Cooter Run from the game Hyper Iria for the Super Famicom, composed by Kiyotaka Sato, Shintaro Hirakawa, and Nobuhiro Makino. Um, yeah, and once I showed Pranal the uh, the artwork, the poster artwork for this one, he was like, "Oh yeah, Iria." 
Yeah, I've never actually, I never ended up buying the show, but I knew the image from seeing it as Sunco's video. Yeah, it's just, that, it's that era of like, you're seeing the VHS tape and you're like, I know that, that looks interesting. Um, and that's a cool art style. It's like a futuristic bounty hunter, assassin type thing. I love uh, how for some reason when you mentioned the game, my first thought was, oh, clearly Battle Angel Alita. Despite the fact that I did immediately go, wait, no, no, Battle Angel Alita was like, she had like darker, like dark, <laughs> like eye paint and stuff. So Yeah, yeah, the art style was much more kind of like shrunk, like the heads were like kind of smaller and like the eyes were kind of kind of farther apart. No, they're, they're, they made a movie out of that one. Like, yeah, they, they made a live one. I heard it's it supposed movie. to be actually pretty cool. But like they, they heard the the woman who plays Battle Angel, the Battle Angel or whatever. Just say Alita. <laughs> no, we there's call like her. One, there's three words. And you only had to say one of them. You said the <laughs> other two. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's, it's all CG. Like it's not her real face. So it looks like an anime person around other human actors because she's supposed to be a robot. I just the, the Battle Angel. The, I just realized you totally played the shell game with that name. <laughs> That's what I did. That shell right there. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's over here, actually. That's what's happening to me. I feel like my vocabulary is just not. It's getting not gooder. Having problems. <laughs> it's getting m- it's not even vocabulary. much better. It's like syntax or something. I don't know. Maybe this is the show where you, you get to hear Rob have a stroke or something. I'm like, ah, ah. no, no, no. I, if anybody was having a stroke on this show first, it'd be me. <laughs> we're gonna fight over. <laughs> the strokes no we're doing, strokes. we're doing the show until we die for now. <laughs> welcome to the episode 95-7 uh, of rhythm and pixels my episode where i have to talk about how i have to get my code checked about my stuff you know that'll be a really <laughs> yeah. weird day we just spend the first 20 minutes of the show talking about getting an oil change and getting, how'd i get here getting angry at the young man who, who just are you? wouldn't change my 50 <laughs> i was like i gotta give him a 50 dollar bill and good like, nurse could you come change my diaper Oh my god! Going right there. I'm gonna. You're gonna, you're gonna lose that first, huh? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, if anything, uh, if that's if there's one thing I can look forward to when I get old, it's going to be the fact that I I can literally say, hey, people can take care of me for a change. I'm paying for an old folks home residency. Hey, I'm hungry. Could someone please bring me some pudding? I'm hungry. I'm saying you got friends right now, Pernell. You never asked me to to, to feed you. I don't think I'm gonna. Maybe if I find a nice lady who's like, Hey, Parnell, you're such a nice guy, and you've been having a long day at work. Here's some pudding. Asking who am I? Can I still be like, No, I can eat my own pudding, but I appreciate the offer. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. I'll get my own pudding. She's like, I guess she doesn't like me. No, I'm like, no, I'll get you pudding. And then she'll yell at me. But the important part is, nobody's getting anybody pudding. <laughs> that's the important part. <laughs> there's that critic episode where he's in LA and there's an earthquake. And he runs under the uh, the table, and and they find him eating a box labeled "emergency pudding." <laughs> and I, I mean, love, that stuff lasts forever. I love the idea that you keep emergency pudding for those occasions. Why wouldn't you? It's nutritious. It's delicious. Do you think it'll like hold? It's pudding. It will. Ne- as long as you keep it sealed, that stuff will last forever. I'm holding you to that. Because I feel like I don't. I mean, I probably <laughs> was about to say, what if you leave it out, like not in the fridge? But I feel like even if you didn't keep it in the fridge, yeah. it might not stay gooby gooby. But it would still retain enough of a consistency that you could still eat it. Let's have the, you know, the listeners write Then again, in there's to dairy us. in there, so send maybe us I'm an, wrong. Send us an email at rhythmandpixelsinhotmail.com. What is the oldest pudding that you've ever eaten? Keep in mind, I do realize there's actual dairy in pudding sometimes. Probably, yeah, I mean, maybe you can make it a contest. Eat the oldest pudding. <laughs> 
How would that even play out? They'd have to, like, find the pudding, then put it in the fridge, yeah. and then Clout Dylan will get a letter five years from like, Hey, Purnell, Rob, right. I finally did it. Right. I ate five-year-old pudding. It's like playing chicken, you know? It's like, who's going to who's gonna eat the pudding first? I'd, I'd win that. <laughs> as long as it doesn't have fungus on it. If I can't... I eat garbage pill, kid. That's, I'm okay. That's the next live stream. You're going to show up, and there's going to be two... Two things of pudding in front of us, and the first one who eats it loses. What? No, that would be the first one that eats it wins. No, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta not eat the pudding, pr- 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 Yeah. No, but that's easy. You don't to not eat it. You can't eat the pudding. It's pr- easy not to. S- don't do it. But it's so easy not to suffer. <laughs> uh, the suffering is the is what you're challenging to I, do. I like that we got like this cool mysterious music as we're like, don't eat the pudding. <laughs> don't eat the pudding. Oh, what? speaking of which. Oh, uh, speaking funny. of pudding. Yeah, oh, well, just weird sounds and music. Yeah. So we were playing, uh, well, I reviewed the game called The Medium recently. Mm-hmm. It's a good game, honestly. And uh, the villain in the game is voiced by Troy Baker, and he's his abilities are extremely creepy. However, I was hanging out with some friends the other day, and one of those friends uh, said that the, they hated like the voice of the, of the, of the villain. Like he, was, he sounded cartoony and like goofy. He didn't seem menacing at all. I was like, no, he just seemed really freaky. And uh, I don't know how, but we got from that, basically, I think it was just the way she imprinted her impression of like what mm. she thought he sounded like. But it went from that to me being like, he would make, he, imagine if the singer from Pearl Jam voiced this guy. <laughs> and it was like Eddie Vedder singing about the fact that he wants to wear the main character's skin as a skin suit to escape the spirit world. That's amazing. And then I just wrote a song about it. <laughs> and I started singing about this character who wants to steal this character's skin suit. You could do an Eddie Vedder voice. I can see that. Oh, I used to do it at the store. I would go to Best Buy and do it. Because, like, your your thing is to do Alice in Chains at, at the... Um, at karaoke. At karaoke. And that's pretty darn... Well, it's Purnell, but, like, it's Purnell from Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could, I can actually imagine your Eddie Vedder impression being a little bit more on the, on the money. It's, it's, I used to do it at the store, and people were like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's such a fun thing to do. Well, was it, like, rock band playing or something, or were you just singing it? It would be at rock band. Like, oh, okay. so, uh, rock band would be playing, and I'd walk up to, like, even flow and put on hard mode, and I'm playing it, and when the chorus comes out, I'm like, bah! I just, like, go into it. People oh, like, that's oh, Pearl Jam. Uh, yeah, that is Pearl Jam, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, um, what's your next track? All right, so next track has got to be the obvious choice for me. Um, this is going to come from the game. Actually, maybe not so obvious. Ranma one half. Dato, Genso, Musabetsu, Kakato, Ryu. I'll say it again. Ranma one. Well, I'll say it and we come back. This is track two. This was released on the TurboGrafx CD, and it was composed by one of these people. Taku Iwasaki, Kayoko Maida, Atsuhiro Mato- Motoyama, and Miyu- Mayuki Takagi. See, I'm getting old, man. Look at that. <laughs>
Welcome back. You just listened to me skirt the rules of engagement once again by <sighs> picking a track from Ranma One Half, <laughs> Dato, Gidso, Musabetsu, Kakuto, Ryu. Which translates to the overthrow of the indiscriminate fighting style. This was released on the TurboGrafx <laughs> CD. This is track two from that game and composed by Taku Iwasaki, Kayoko Maeda, Asuhiro Motoyama, or Mayuki Takagi. So I love Rodma One Half. Death is one of my all-time favorite manga slash shows, and that has not changed despite me being much, much older than when I first discovered it. Uh, this game, however, I had never heard of it, never played it. I knew about the game that released prior to this, but I didn't know about the existence of this one. Mm. It I don't know what the story of it is, but I do know that oh. it is like it has like a narrative that plays out like do like anime cutscenes mm-hmm. and then it would go into like a versus battle more like this track uh, plays when you're fighting Kodachi. So the the So what I'm reading about this is that it is it is more of a it's more of a final fight style game, but there's a versus mode in it. So maybe what you were watching was some of the versus mode? Well, the thing is, like, it was like an actual story. Oh. Like, it was like, here's some cinema. Yeah. And then it would go into the thing where it's like, okay, oh. now you're fighting this person. They'd have health, the, the boss health bar and everything. Oh, yeah, no, there, there are many boss fights. I'm sorry. So the storyline goes up to the Hiryu Shoten Ha storyline where Rama must battle against many of his arch rivals. Yep, because at the end of I the game. I guess we should, we, should, we should use. The we last should, boss was on um, We shouldn't so. use gendered pronouns with Rama, I feel. No, um, Rama, that, no, Rama, you do. Because Ranma is literally a guy who is cursed to become a girl when splashed with cold water. That's the show. I just, I don't know. It just feels weird to me. Um, after, you gotta watch the show. I have watched the show. After each stage, I mean, I have watched the show, and it's not a curse. It's literally the whole point of the show is him trying to remove the curse. A curse sounds like it's a bad thing. It so is. So after each stage, you see um, one of the two cutscenes, depending on, um, on the sex Rama is when they beat the stage. Um, there are also game over cutscenes when Rama loses to an opponent. Um, there are several hidden cutscenes and concept artwork in the game. That's kind of cool. I like that. I'm, I'm, we're going to do that after the show because I want to hear how that doesn't apply. That doesn't click if you've seen the show. It just doesn't. I like, mean, okay, it's been a long time. Like he, there are actual entire arcs where he thinks he found a fix. So he doesn't transform into a girl anymore. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And he engages in missions, adventures, to find the thing that will stop it from happening. But, I mean, like, half the time, he's been a woman. So I feel like... Sometimes by choice, because he gets some free candies at the store. Or he has to trick um, trick the kunos. Exactly. So I feel like, you know, I feel like he's chosen to be fluid. He puts it to use. So I think I, I don't I don't feel right using gendered pronouns with Rama. I am. It's true. So, I, I am so confused. But um, that's just to be respectful to an '80s cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say on the cover of the uh, PC Engine. Oh, this is a this is not even. This is not even just PC Engine for now. This is not even PC Engine C. This is a Super CD-ROM. It's all the same to me. Same console. <laughs> Just with some upgraded hardware. Yeah, 92, that's true. Sega CD was attached to a Genesis, and it ran off a of Genesis. The uh, the female version of Rama is on the cover. Yeah. yeah. Because that was the awesome. They're both awesome. They're both awesome. Because, you know, male boy-type Ranma was stronger but slower. That's how they played the show. Just like Street Fighter, when you think about it. Yeah, but yeah. in the show, um, girl-type Ranma was faster and shorter, mm-hmm. so she was able to do better with evading attacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
It was an interesting arc to how they played all that up in a lot of the episodes. Um, in the game, you can actually switch between different forms by, by the press of a button. Huh. That's a little interesting. Just keep that water in your back pocket. Yeah, I guess so. All right, so my next track is coming from another uh, 90s classic. This is from the, um, the game uh, Fushigi no Umi no Nadia, also known as Nadia of the Mysterious Seas, or as we know in the, in the States, uh, Nadia, the Secret of Blue Water. Hmm. If you have ever heard of this one. Yes, okay, I was confused with Nazca, Valley of the Wind. Yeah, I, saw, I thought that too originally, but I saw Nadia and I saw familiar imagery from the game or from the, 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 the movie, but it's just an OVA. It's just a movie that came out. An OVA. OVA. Um, this is for the Mega Drive. This is composed by Hiromi Shibano, and we're going to listen to the track Around the World. Listening to Around the World from the game Fushigi no Umi no Nadia for the Sega Mega Drive. This one is composed by Hiromi Shibano. Um, and this is known as Nadia, the Secret of Blue Water in North America. Um, so, yeah, this is one of them. Actually, I think it was a, a short series. I don't think it was an OVA. It's very serene. Yeah, 39 episodes. It's. Um, there we go. So. Alternate universe, uh, alternate universe, eighteen eighty nine. Um, a young girl um, and a uh, French inventor. I think they go underwater into the blue water. Yeah, she has a jeweled pendant named the Blue Water. After being rescued by Captain Nemo and his submarine, the Nautilus, the jewel thieves and the young protagonist join forces and participate in the struggle against the Neo-Atlantean forces who seek to dominate the world. That's right, I remember that now. So it's like it's almost like um. Like they're thieves and they're caught, but they um, they work together with uh, Captain Nemo with a submarine to fight off um, Atlanteans who want to raise Atlantis and destroy the world. Interesting. So yeah. in this case, they're trying to keep it submerged. Yeah, they want to yeah, keep it submerged. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Oh, interesting. So it was originally um, developed by Hayao Miyazaki in the mid-1970s. So that's interesting. So yes, he was a part of the game's development. No, no. Or you mean the anime? The, 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 anime. the anime, yeah, yeah, the anime, or at least the concept of the anime. Um, so I didn't say this, but Irium from the last game was like a cash-in uh, video game. It was like um, it was like cliffhanger for the Genesis. You know, it was like it was like this anime was popular. Let's just get the money. While so they threw in, like, yeah, kind of like crappy like side scroll. This one I don't know much about. 
at all. There's not a lot out there for this one. Well, you can at least add the music. They put time into that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. A lot of the a lot of the sound, a lot of the, the tracks in this game have a very like strummy guitar or even like a piano kind of feel to it, which I really appreciate. So, um, yeah, glad you enjoyed this one. Yeah, this Again, definitely a, a place in time where like if I saw that I did I did I saw this at like a Suncoast video or. Um, not Blockbuster, but like a local video place and was like, this looks interesting. I guess I'll buy it and find out what it is. You know? <laughs> and also, like, it was the way the art was set up on the box, it was like it's, it's blue and dark, had a submarine and a weird captain guy and a young girl on the cover, but like, nothing that made you think like you were accidentally buying hentai. Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> see, like, an, like an art piece, like an art film. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be like a fun thing to get into in an adventure. Well, not, maybe not an art film, but maybe. Not something that you have to explain to somebody later. Like, exactly. I didn't know what this was. <laughs> and that is a good point. I don't know why I said art film, but more like um, like a Disney movie. Yeah, this is this definitely like a fun adventure. Because again, with, with this roots with Miyazaki, then you know it's got that kind of storytelling feel to it. I don't remember if it was any good. The, sh- the show? The show. I don't really know uh, anything about it. I would I wager it was. I, I remember... I mean, Miyazaki. Fun, fun, fun memories of it. It's Miyazaki. I mean, has he ever been... No- has he been noted as making a bad product? Well, I'm saying, like, the story, I mean, may have roots with Miyazaki, but the show and everything was not. I'm sure his essence is there somewhere. <laughs> so that's, that's a scary place to be. When someone, like, a, like you, th- you hear someone's name that you like is attached to something, but you're not really, like... But they didn't really do anything like with Square it. Squaresoft publishes a game. Yeah, exactly. But had no role in the development of it. <laughs> oh, the Square game has got to be good. Yeah, you could be getting into something else. Um, a lot of trouble. A whole lot of trouble. All right, well, what's your next track? So this comes from a game that I also didn't know existed until recently. I was actually originally looking for the Slayers game that released on PC Engine. Oh, that's or right. Or PC, rather. But instead, I came across a Slayers RPG that released on the Super Nintendo, or rather Super Famicom. So I went with that game instead. This is the track titled Peace of Mind from the game Slayers on the Super Famicom, composed by Koji Yamada. So it's not like Slayers, like something else? It's just Slayers? Slayers. Oh, cool. That was the track 
called Peace of Mind from <laughs> the game called Slayers on the Super Famicom, composed by Koji Yamada. Um, I thought this track was fairly relaxing and mellow. It was kind of up my alley. It really is. It's funny, too, because like, I listened to the entire OST, and not too many of the tracks in the game really clicked for me. It was like this and one other track. Mm-hmm. Seirun City I wrote down. But this was the one that won out. And I also learned from dealing with this, or looking for this track, that apparently this goes well with the metaphor I made earlier regarding uh, anime past to present. RPGs past to present. Back in the day, we didn't get a lot of JRPGs over here. We got the ones that were meant to be the big hits. The ones that developers thought, if anybody's, if they're going to play anything, it'll probably be this one. But in Japan, they had a lot. It, a I whole feel, lot. I feel like the, the RPGs in the East were kind of like the platformers in the West. There was a <laughs> lot was of just cash a lot of them. A lot of them out there. It's like, oh, we got a property. We got a hot property. What are we going to do with this, this this cartoon with hamsters and penguins? We'll make an RPG out of it. Yep. There and you go. Easy ass. It's like, when you think about RPG, the fact that RPG Maker exists at all <laughs> is proof enough of how easily actual developers were putting these things together there was a, there was a formula. Whim. There was a formula. Yeah. And they were like, hey, people like Lena Inverse, people like Naga and Gowry, let's just put them in this game and give them a little tiny sprites and walk around. Ooh, real, real, real battle! You know, we have to animate things, just have an image stand up on the front of the screen and they have a guy go, wow! They express when they do an attack or take damage. Like, I'm not saying they were bad games, I've never played them all, so I don't know which were bad and which were good. But what I do know is there were a lot of JRPGs meant to reflect off of, like, anime properties to mm-hmm. get that cash-in money. And I would bet that not all of them had blood, sweat, and love behind them <laughs> as much as, like, well, let's just churn this So butter. what was... So the other Slayers game you were thinking of was from the, the Turbo Graphics? Well, no, PC specifically. We, oh, for the we PC. Did, we, I thought we, you were saying PC Engine. I almost did, but I caught myself. <laughs> okay. We actually... I think I picked a track from that game years ago, actually, for the mm. show. Sounds familiar. That, that you did, not the track. I have no idea. Oh, the track was really good, yeah. actually. Um, but yeah, I had, I had... I remembered... I love the show Slayers. It's one of those ones where I sometimes tell myself I'm going to go back and finish it, because I bought every episode on DVD. Hong Kong bootlegs back when they were that was the way to buy things without breaking your wallet yep um, but I have all the seasons of the original show I've always seen the first season and half of the second yeah that's how I got um, all of initial D was on one of those like bootleg like everything on one disc mm-hmm um, I want to talk about this track though so it has a little bit of like that traditional RPG sound it sounds a little bit like um, you would hear at a wedding, like Pachelbel's Canon. Mm-hmm. But the 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 horn sample, I've been trying to figure out where I've heard it before. Um, of course, I, I start talking about it when it's not playing. But it's sort of like this. So that's kind of a trumpet sound. Here comes the horn. No. Darn it. <laughs> it's, it's coming around. Someday. Anyway, if you listen to it. There it is. It sounds really good. Oh, I like it. You hear like the... All right, so to hear that, and if any listeners are fans of They Might Be Giants, think of the 1990 album Flood and that sound right there. 
Oh, that I, th- I think it's from a specific like keyboard or like a sample pack. That'd be cool. Someone where they might have used the same together. thing. Yeah, that might have been the same one. I mean, unless they played their own instruments, and I'm like, that's just a really good horn sample. I, uh, but I feel like a lot of flood was done with MIDI instruments. So, hmm, so now I gotta go back and, and see if I can piece that together myself. Mm. I have to look around. I mean, it's hard to tell with these things, especially like on the Super Famicom, they would put their own sampled instruments or whatever like maybe the company had like their own sets of instruments they'll put into the game i can say this real quick before mm-hmm. i drop off this game is that for all the spiel i gave regarding like jrpg cash and mania i feel like if any of those rpg or any of those anime or mangas would have gotten a jrpg release it should have been slayers because it actually does take place in what could be considered an rpg type world with the whole, the whole archetypes of mages and grand wizards and swordsmen and all that good stuff. Um, ultimate magics and ultimate demons being summoned by, you know, all that stuff. It's good. And also, just for the heck of it, for those who aren't familiar and are okay with the idea of watching classic anime, it still holds up. You well, should I'll, go give it a shot. No, a lot of it is still fun. Um, I, I think... I. I need to go back and watch some of the old stuff because there's definitely the I, like the the tropes and like the storytelling of like anime of like uh like, like the high school stories or like those those types of like classic sentai things really get boring to me after a while because I feel like they don't move the story along fast enough. So I'm wondering if I would still enjoy some of these older ones as much. I feel like some of these tropes don't even get used much anymore mm. compared to the ones that are. Um, a lot of the, well. the comedy ones are probably not so much like Excel Saga and stuff like that it's pretty unique yeah, you ain't getting that again no alright so my next track um, is coming from the game Aoi Blink or known as Blue Blink based on the anime Aoi Blink this is for the PC Engine the composer is unknown and we're gonna listen to the overworld map Look. This is the map music, or the overworld map music, from the game Aoi Blink, or Blue Blink, for the PC Engine. The composer is unknown, just not uh, in the credits or anything like that, or at least not in the credits that were translated that I could find. 
So if you can read Japanese, that would be super helpful to us. Um, so Blue Blink is based on the anime uh, Blue Blink. Originally ran in 1989. It's got a very old school style to it. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, same same guy. Oh. Yeah, Os- Osamu Tezuka. Oh, so it is Astro Boy style. That's the Astro Boy guy. Okay. It's based on the classic film uh, Konjak Garbunak by Ivan Ivanov Vano. And the film is based on, um, it's called The Little Humpbacked Horse. <laughs> so I don't know where to go with that. Yeah. What I can say is that. He's got, he's got a mystical pony named Blink. The pony is blue. They get into trouble. They get into some adventures. It's a children's story. End of game. Hey. <laughs> and it works honestly that's just how it works I mean a lot of old shows were like that where it's just like it was a kid who had a magical horse pet friend object and they'd go on adventures and at the beginning of the episode they'd have they serve up a plot point that would make them go man I really wish I could or I really should or whatever and then they would do it but it would go horribly wrong or he'd make a mistake and they'd spend the rest of the episode trying to fix it Trying to fix that mistake. Trying to fix the mistake. But um, the game is the game is a really classic looking, like, turbo graphics platformer. It's super colorful. The characters are really tiny, not really tiny, but they're kind of small. The jumping is really floaty. But you have the um, you have the pony with you, so you have kind of like a like a PC controlled. It's like a boy in his blob sort of thing. Like he, the horse is following you. Now more like Mega Man. Like you're shooting something. Like you're shooting like fire or something out of your hands. Maybe so the maybe the hor- maybe the pony imbues him with magic. I mean, so they call the the uh, Mega Man the Blue Bomber, the and, Blue Blinker, and this is the Blue Blink. This is the blue, the Blue Pony, the Blue Blinker. <laughs> so yeah, it's super cute. I, I like him a lot, and, um, and the, all the music is like this. It's really whimsical. Playing through the the PC Engine or Turbo Graphics sound chip has got like a fun, fun sound to it. It's just a step above an ice cream truck coming down the road. <laughs> I'm swaying to this now. This is a good track. I sometimes think to myself when the ice cream truck is around the neighborhood, and it's, t- it's just two square waves. I'm like some some chip tune fan is going, "Damn, that sounds good." Who's playing that music out the road out their window? <laughs> it's just... I'm surprised there hasn't been like a DJ ice cream truck where the guy just drives oh. around selling ice cream and spinning records as he goes down the road. That's gonna be my chip tune DJ name, DJ Ice Cream Truck. Like, are you interested in concerts? Don't matter. You're going to hear it anyway. <laughs> Music jingle while you get your ice cream. Wiki, 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 wiki. Shout out to all my ice cream fans. All right, I'm going to turn this track down, <laughs> and we're going to get into the part of the show that we call the bonus round. Bonus round. Going to go to the bonus round. More like a BR light, but that's okay with me. Bonus yeah. round is me. Not a lot of remixes, but um, so the bonus round is where we would normally play covers and, and arrangements and remixes on our theme. Not a lot to be found. Not a lot of games that were popular enough to have its their own arranged albums, I guess. I admit, I came close to picking Ninja Turtles specifically to be able to joke about the, Jap- <laughs> the J- Ninja Turtles anime that came out because that thing is ridiculous. Mm. For I, those who don't know, look that. it up. You will laugh. The Ninja Turtles have armor. And tra- they get giant robots. Cool. I mean, they should. I mean, they- it makes no sense, Rob. Would them having a van makes any more sense? More than having giant robots. I, I beg to differ. I beg to differ <laughs> they do, hard. Like, they have like full on like Voltron type summons where they bring they call their robots. It's- I say I, I've suspended my disbelief 
long enough. I'd man. watch it. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it still is ridiculous that it's like how they gave Spider Man like a mecha like a mecha suit. Like, like why? Yeah, that's the line. All right, where are you going, Purnell? So apparently, <laughs> I have picked very few tracks from this game, and I'm surprised because I like the entire OST. I could easily have restarted this thing if I felt like it. I start it. Um, this so track, is that a verb now? Hey, I may as well make it. It's going to be. <laughs> so I'm going to restart up with uh, this track from the game Kendo Rage called Ooh. Commute. This is the theme for stage five of the game and is composed by Takahiro Wakuta. This is for the uh, Super Famicom, right? Yes. Listening to the commute <laughs> from the game Kendo Rage. <laughs> like, oh, how serious he got all of a sudden. <laughs> composed by Takahiro Wakuta. So, um, I used to have this game as a kid, which is how I know about it. Um, and I've always been a fan of the OST. It is actually one of the few games I could think of where I would play through it regularly. Like, it was a thing I would play through once a week for a while, at least. Really? It's a really short game. It only had like six stages. Oh, sorry, seven stages, because the seventh stage was just you at the campus fighting all the bosses again. Mm-hmm. But still. Um, the idea of the game was that you were Joe, uh, transfer student from America who moved to Japan and she is studying kendo and she's on her way to school from her house on top of a mountain. And for some reason she's being attacked by various things on the way to school and her friend, Bob, there's <laughs> a follower along the way. He's like, what was, what's his name, Kendo. Bob? What's his name, Bob? And uh, the and the and Kendo Rage it was, <laughs> but apparently the Japanese game was called Makaruna Makendo, um, and the premise was very different because it involved spirit hunters and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And she wasn't Joe; she was a girl who actually had like a mystical sword and it was stuff, but. I need to double check and confirm whether or not the <laughs> OAV slash anime came from the game or if the anime OAV came and then they released the game. Which is funny if it was the other way around because it's hard to believe that this game would have come out. Because I've played it. It's a great game, but I have a hard time picturing this game coming out and someone going, you know, this would make a great OVA. Yeah, uh, yeah. apparently the game came first. That's so weird. I'm yeah. still sticking with it. 
But it's so weird that that would be the case. So I'll, I'll be to talk about this before because her pers- Joe's personal trainer is named Osaki Bob Yori Tomo. <laughs> That's weird. Bob, like, like in, in uh, Saki Bob Yori Tomo. And at the end of every stage, she gets on the bus. Yeah. And he's waiting for her with her at the bus stop. I love that. But it, like, it's, isn't the original, like, she's like traveling to like a spirit world that's like a spirit bus or something like that? That's why I think it would I think be. That's it, what it, it is. It sure as heck makes more sense and would explain why she's <laughs> getting on a bus. <laughs> it's cool, though. It's got fun animation in the game. It's pretty neat looking. I just like Bob. Did you? Uh, did you? Uh, you love Bob. Did oh, his, oh he, he had the green hair and the trench coat. He was <laughs> did awesome. You own, did you own this one, or was this like a rental? Situation? I had the game. Oh, you still have it. I still own it. It's a good game. It was one of those games I got from the bargain bin, ah. and it stuck with me. I think. Again, again, these games people think are like at the time they're not selling well. They didn't make a whole bunch. Put it in the bargain bin. You know, twenty years later, we're like. Where's Kendo Rage? It's worth a money. It's worth money now. It had sequels, actually. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Uh, Makarunama Kendo Two, Kimura Yokai Sari for the Super Famicom, and a role-playing game on the PlayStation. Yeah, it kept going. Also on the PCFX. That was a uh, that, was, that was a Hudson NEC jam. I forgot. I always forgot they did another system. It makes me sad that we never got it here. It makes me think of there was another one. Um, OS Two Warp. That was like another. Um, Operating system that tried to get off that. the ground. OS two. When I worked at Funscape, we had a, um, a flight simulator thing that you get inside and it spun around and you can like kind of move it around. And the operating system was OS two, oh. and it kept crashing. Oh. So people would go and they fly upside down, and then it would crash, and it would read all of the inputs on the joystick. And then once you restarted the system, all of the commands from the joystick would reach the computer and it would do it as fast as it possibly could <laughs> so they would fly <laughs> in circles like super duper fast do the OS as the computer warp. tried to yeah that's what it was they do were doing the OS2 warp again they're doing the warp but I was always worried that the, the, the cockpit was going to fly off the machine well that would have been a feature yeah not a bug it would have just landed in um, actually it would have landed directly into those um, those basketball shooting games so that would have been a perfect two points two yeah, points. perfect two points alright so our next uh, game I'm picking from the game Mamono Hunter Yokai Daiso no Keishu. This is Yoko. Um, AKA it's Devil Hunter Yoko, The Seven yeah. Bells. That was my that was my jam. Um, this is for the Mega Drive. The track is The Snow and the Stars, composed by Keiichi Yamamoto.
right? <laughs> Good. That is awesome. Um, that is uh, scene five, the um, the snow and the stars from the game Mamono Hunter Yoko Dai Seven No Keisho, also known as Devil Hunter Yoko The Seven Bells here in North America. It's for the Sega Mega Drive composed by Keiichi Yamamoto. I love the sound of this. It's very like, I don't know, it's dramatic. There's like three parts to it. The drums kind of remind me of Yuta Koshiro with like the hi-hats. I'm bopping to it. This might be my favorite from the episode. Oh, yeah, this might be. This might be. This might end up in my my top of the year. To be honest, it's it's really good. Um, but I used to own all of the show too because it was a, it was an OVA. So unfortunately, it never had like an anime series. Yeah, or so it was licensed by ADV. So we got a lot of it. Yeah, but they released it was really six VHS tapes, mm-hmm. and the fourth one was called um, Devil Hunter Yoko Forever. And it was just like a compilation of like music videos, <laughs> like because it's interesting that's that I, this track comes from that game and how much I like it because the thing I remember most about the actual OVAs was the music. Like I barely remember the plots anymore. I yeah. just know that she was a girl whose family, when all when the daughters on their 16th birthday, they awaken their ability. <laughs> you know, puberty metaphor, la la, whatever. But the point is, they became like devil hunters. Yeah. But at the end of every OVA, they had an original song that was sung by like very talented singers. And it, it to this day, I remember a couple of them. It was really good music. I'll have to find that. Yeah. Maybe that'll spark some memories. Cause I'm looking at, I just don't remember it too well. But um, yeah, it, it is like a boy crazy 16 year old girl that in her family, when they turn 16, they become hunters against the, the devil hunters. Against ha, I was right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, I remember her, her main character was like her grandmother. Oh, that's right. Was so, the one who trained her. Um, yeah, her mother would have been the 108th or 107th. Um, so yeah, it's a long line of devil hunters. So that's pretty cool. Um, again, the, the soundtrack. All every track in this is really neat. But this one, this one was my favorite. This one really stood out. I'm a fan. So normally I would say if you want more information on our bonus round, go to the website. But. Um, Maybe on other episodes. Check it out <laughs> at rhythmandpixels.com. If you want more information on the anime that we chose for this episode of the show. Yeah, go to your local library. Actually, yeah, go to you probably find a lot of these at your local library or um, youtube.com. There you go. Yeah. You know what? They're not doing. YouTube hasn't been doing too well lately. So go to go to their website, click on some ads, and help them out. <laughs> about, I was like, I, it took me a second. Like, are you what? I'm just messing with you. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 29-7 of Rhythm and Pixels, one of our last Summer of 16-bit episodes on anime. And what you might be hearing, you might be wondering, what the heck, there ain't nothing 16-bit about this. Yeah, what, what's, well, the, what's the joke here? This is um, Dragon Ball what? Dragon Ball Z Ultimate Battle 22, which for some reason my brain remembered it as being a Super Nintendo game. So at the top of the episode, I was thinking... Well, I wanted to make sure I didn't pick something obvious like Dragon Ball Ultimate Battle 22, and we didn't have an episode ending track, so I was like, why don't we pick from Ultimate Battle 22? That would be pretty interesting just to do it, just get it out of the way, and then, of course, that learning that it's a PS, PlayStation track, I was like, well, I want to hammer in. I'm not 
I gotta stick with the guns. Just go with it. Yeah, we did a whole episode without plan, Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball. Darn it. <laughs> and there it is. There's your Dragon Ball kids. <laughs> there it is. Oh, this has been. I, I really enjoyed looking at and, and talking about some of these old school animes, though. And it's kind of funny we joke about it, but of all the all the shows we per- brought up today, Dragon Ball is the only one still running new episodes and new manga issues. Are they? I'm, yes. I, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised because I just haven't been following. Yep, they stopped for a long time, and then they came back under Dragon Ball Super, and they've been running ever since, and they're still doing it, mm. and. They even found a way to occasionally liven up the show beyond just bunches of punches, kicks, and screams. It's actually entertaining, though. Like I like, I always liked the show, but I did openly acknowledge that the stick got old when it, all they could really do was make a person punch faster. Um, but they did some good stuff with it, and they livened it up again. So I'm, I'm a fan of it now. So keep going, Dragon Ball, but also please have a conclusive ending. I like when my shows end. I mean, I don't think you're gonna get that wish. I mean, if they've been going this far, right, they're not going to stop. They could. I mean, they stopped before, and they only brought it back because the interest was there. So technically, if you wanted to get like, yeah, I'm done with this whole thing, you could always just go back to the end of Dragon Ball Z and be like, I'm content with this. (laughs) And then a lot of people did, despite GT coming. I was like, nope, Z's word ended. I don't remember GT. Um, But then Super, I mean, they are, they do have, they said they are building up towards like an end concept where like who the characters are turning out to be and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm glad it's out there. It, it's, it ties me back to my youth. And then so does One Piece, which is a show that will never stop. Actually, I'm hearing rumors that within the next five or six years, that show will be done. Wow, but still another five to six years. That's that's a lot of content. But it's so good wow. and deliberate. That's the amazing part. Like, you know, you always argue sometimes like a, a show artist or a writer will write a novel or a TV show or a manga. And they'll have like plot points that reach back to old things. And you start to question, did they just kind of pull this out of their hat? Like, I could do that. Mm -hmm. Or were they planning it since far back in the show's infancy? And with the case of One Piece, I genuinely believe this guy had much of this already pinned down. But the way he's, like, calling back stuff from, like, ten years ago. You believe it's been planned. Preordained. Preordained. Well, not preordained. That wasn't a series. And then the Ichiro Oda (laughs) will summon from the heavens a man who (laughs) is... Made of lightning, like yeah, whatever. They put it together. We probably should have like had a guest on the show who like is like knows a lot of the anime. Like, who do deep. we know that knows anime? I don't. I'm uh, listeners. Actually, listeners. Actually, all of our listeners are better at this than I am. Better at anime. <laughs> I have the power of God in anime. I, mean, I still watch anime. I'm watching that time I got reincarnated as a slime right now. Speaking of, see, that's, that the, t- that's that- the title of the show. It's literally a statement <laughs> saying what happened to the actual character, like. I haven't trying anymore. That time I that time I spilled my bread basket on the floor yeah, and yeah. ants ate it. This is um uh got in my car and radio was too loud. <laughs> that, no, you got to lead it with that time. That time. That day. <laughs> that day I got in the car and the radio was too loud. <laughs> that apple that fell far from the tree <laughs> hit me in the head. That's right. Um, that refrigerator that was left open. Should have left. It keeps running. I mean, gotta catch it. Yeah, you gotta find it. Um, but anyway, if you want to um, learn uh, more about the show, for get a full track listing, uh, if, you, if you want to get older episodes of the show and see how we've been planning year over year, this episode has been in the works for five years. Forever. Um, you go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com. You find it all there. 
Um, if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to say hello, or if you have any a track suggestion, even a topic suggestion, or anything like that, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. We are all over Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Go to YouTube, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. There we have a 24-7, usually um, 24-7 uh, radio station playing 8-bit and 16-bit classics. And all of our episodes are posted there as well. And we have a Discord server. Check out this. Uh, go to our rhythmandpixels.com website. And the link to Discord is at the top of the page. You click that. You enter in your social security number, your date of birth, and your mother's maiden name. And you're taken to the Discord website. There you give us your credit card information and you can join the chat. And last four digits of your social. No, it's just you click the thing and you give yourself a dumb name and we'll say hello and we'll chat about anime we'll try and to ask games. you for your last four digits of your social security number. yeah we gotta verify verify <laughs> what if you're not real <laughs> yeah it's like one of those old school um copyright protections from those like 90s pc games you have to look okay you have to look back to episode 43 and it's the sixth word said by pernell <laughs> <laughs> that would be a trick that's the almost what dude says a joke one day, like <laughs> hey just go back to the first 10 episodes and take the second letter from the fifth word of every of every episode that i say and see if it spells anything <laughs> it's just try it's just, it's, there's, there's a code there's a code in the pernell if you put that code into <laughs> into your Super Nintendo, sorry, if you put that code into your Nintendo Switch, it actually gives you fifty dollars in eShop credit. I mean, if you if you hook up your your Game Genie to your Nintendo Switch and then put that code, then that's amazing. <laughs> you, you did a lot of hard work. Finding you, a game you, un- Genie. you unlock the bosses. <laughs> yeah. You found a Game Genie. Oh, uh, you can also support the show. Um, you can support the show best by just telling people about it, and sharing it on Facebook, or um, telling your friends, telling your family. Um, telling people at work, telling people at the coffee shop, go to the zoo. Tell all of the animals, especially the monkeys, especially the monkeys. They're about so our show. smart. I know, I know. I've seen them with iPhones, and they're listening to podcasts and ordering pizzas. All they care about is like 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 my, like murders and like true crime. So get get those get get the zoo how monkeys. That's how they learn how to sneak the bananas without getting caught. And they're sneaky. They blame it on their on the rhinos. <laughs> On the rhinos. Well, how did a giant rhino shaped hole get into the wall? There's like a monkey with like a chisel. <laughs> like, hands behind his back. So, yeah, that, that is what we appreciate. Um, hitting the subscribe button or leaving a comment or leaving um, a rating, that's, that's, that's a really a great way to do it. If you'd like to uh, support us in other ways, you can go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. As a member there, you get um, cool merch, merchandise stuff like stickers and mugs and t shirts. Um, at all levels of Patreon, you get access to weekly um, prequel episodes of me and Pernell chatting. This week, we chatted about uh, Murder, She Wrote a little bit. And then um, you also access to a monthly live-streamed episode uh, where we um, record an episode live. And it might be a really interesting one this month. Yeah, this one's going to be... This one's going to pull out all the stops this month. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's not go nuts here. I'm it's, just like, it might be. It's You don't, you don't want to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you can thank us there I mean you can, you can support us there but at the end of every episode we'd like to thank all of our Patreon members at the highest levels um, thank Frankly Zappa um, killing it thank you so so much for supporting our show and all of your kind words and uh, music suggestions yeah, he's been a in our discord help. yeah big big help um, Mike Myers Alf Person Avashin8060 Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt Cameron Werma Carlos Kung Fu Carlito of the Here's 3 podcast 
Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219, a.k.a. The Wise Guy. I'm going to beat you! Uh, Pernell's going to play Shining Force until you are dead. No, well, uh, Chris, he's going to play it so hard. Uh, Christopher Shenstrom, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Wicked Sephiroth, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio. That is the um, that is our, our sister station. Uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. That is also our sister station. Uh, if we were a, a broadcast uh, um, radio broadcast station. to you live coming on five you. waves of wacky. Better watch that coming at you. Uh, oh, I clicked on some bad things here. Here we go. Uh, Reinhardt Zelkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy, our father station. <laughs> father. Thank you all so much for continuing to support our little show, a little thing that we do here every week. God, this track is so good. This this this, this track's got a lot of uh, energy behind it. I could use it. I'm going going outside and start just dashing to it. Uh, I was going to say I had the power of God and anime on my side, but this time I don't. <laughs> I need a, I need a long nap. I feel like I said I got like four hours of sleep last night, so I'm not too far behind. <laughs> and I was talking about going home and doing some weights because I couldn't go to the gym today because I had four hours of sleep last night. <laughs> How, like, I'm getting bigger. How? Well, maybe you're getting four hours of sleep a night. Yeah, it's not helpful. You, you build muscle in your sleep. That's how it happens. Um, anyway, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for everyone who's supporting the show. Thank you also. And we'll see you next week. We may have a special bonus Beats episode or not. We'll see how it turns out. We'll see, folks. Um, so we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a good week. And remember... We are all gamers here, or most of us in a sense at least, and we generally like the idea of believing that our games and our items and things of that nature will last forever. We're collectors, damn it, and we just like to have things available at all times. However, <coughs> more so than the current modern consoles than late, older, older ones, but still. Oh, permanent's not forever. <laughs> well, correction, forever's not truly forever in the sense hardware dies products disappear things break it's unfortunate <clears throat> what the heck is the point of me saying any of that aside from the fact that i'm dealing with it on a annoying scale right now well it means that you don't have all the time in the world to enjoy the stuff you've acquired sometimes it's not just about the collecting it's about the actual playing get to the games that you've been putting off for so long as you've been hiding, pulling them into your home to add to your collection because you want to experience them. And of course, also steal yourself off for the potential of the loss if it ever does come because no amount of backups will ever be enough for if the times decide or if the God anime and hardware failure decides to pay you a visit, he won't care. So just you know, be, pretty, be ready and enjoy what you got while you got it.